0: Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. I'm your co-host, Dallas Montague, and today in the studio, we have an awesome guest, Paul. Paul, how are you today?
2: Hey, not too bad, Dallas. How are you?
1: I'm pretty good. You said that you're in Toronto, Canada today.
2: Yes, certainly am.
1: And so I want to know, is it always cold in Canada?
2: (laughs) Everybody says the same thing. Is it cold in Canada? I got to tell you, with the global warming, it always stays cold and never gets warm. So don't come here.
1: I've only been to Toronto one time. Some people would say it doesn't count because it was only in the airport. And I have a friend who lives in Calgary. Do you know where that is?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, I had a few buddies go out there to study study for school.
1: How far is that from Toronto?
2: Well, that's the middle of Canada. I think, I think a flight would probably be, I'd be guessing, your three, four hours, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit less.
1: Wow. He went to Asia with me, so we were doing some missions together, but he's always talking about Canada is better than the States, and we always argued. And <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fun.
2: It's funny, man. It, it, no matter where you live, something else is always
1: better. Yeah, right? So. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, thank right. you for joining us on the podcast today. And if I can just have you take the next five to ten minutes and just share your story with us.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, you know, I don't get an opportunity too frequently to share, but it's it's. You know, I, I guess I'll give you the and notes version. I grew up. I'm Italian descent. Grew up. Uh, born in Canada. Um, my mom was, uh, I'd say, somewhat of a devout Catholic. My dad was more of, a, you know, you go to church, I'll stay home. He wasn't too religious, um, but we were we were Catholic, and you know, went to church every Sunday, and. You know we grew up and you know something never really sat right with me you know and this is nothing against any of my catholic brothers and sisters but just something in the process didn't make sense some part of me wanted to always cry out for more like you know why aren't we having an open discussion about god why what's all the liturgy and all this but um but anyway so it, my, my my testimony I, I could write a book about the years between uh four and 25 um my testimony starts at age four I remember first day of school eating my cornflakes my mom and dad probably having a discussion uh in front of me and and I just remember looking up and saying I said to my parents who 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 made me and I guess they were they were I'm four years old and uh they looked at each other I remember my mom saying well well you know mommy and daddy made you and I said no 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 I said who made us
0: You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors.
3: Come and experience Riley seeing the rainbow for the first time. Riley's mom explains the true meaning of the rainbow, beginning with Noah and the ark, along with the covenant of God made in Genesis 9.13. Riley loves the Bible story and can't wait to share her experience with her friends while she tells them about Noah's ark and the rainbow. They have a few stories to share also. Visit Amazon today to experience the wonderful story behind the rainbow in the new children's book, The Rainbow and Riley, God's Beautiful Promise. Volunteer firefighters do not have the death benefits that career firefighters have. Fallen Heroes Foundation is a nonprofit organization created to support volunteer firefighters and their families as they recover from tragic loss. The foundation was created when one of their own experienced a time of crisis and the volunteers were there to help. The foundation helps meet the financial needs of an affected family as they get back on their feet. To partner with and support this foundation, visit fallenheroesfoundation.org today. Well, well you know, mommy
2: and daddy made you. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, who made us? Right? And she's like... Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, God did. And in that instant, just something clipped. I said, Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I looked down, mm-hmm. finished my cereal, and I said, Okay, problem solved. I know where we come from. So I guess I was always a believer <laughs> since the mm-hmm. age of four. So I never really doubted. Um, now, you know, I grew up, went to school, went away to school, um, came back home, you know, at, around the age of 25. I'm 37 now. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with cancer that spread from the colon to the liver mm. and, you know, it was unfortunate. He died rather quickly, I'd say close to 40 days from the day of diagnosis, 40 days in the hospital in and around uh, and he, and he passed away. And, you know, typical, typical Eastern European or European, you know, stubborn. I'm not going to the doctor, nothing mm. wrong, but, but as an Italian, I don't know how it is with other cultures, but as an Italian uh, son, you just think your dad's the strongest or He's always going to be there for you and this and that. But so it hit me, it hit me really hard. And, you know, I, I was, I was a little upset at God. You know, I kind of cursed at him a few times, but never really, it, it, there's no weight to it. Cause undoubtedly I knew he existed. It was just more, mm-hmm. you know, I'm upset with you and you know, I don't care what you have to say, but
1: that period in your life, how long did that last?
2: The, the actual being upset with him. Yes. Uh, f- immediately, let's say probably a few months, two, three, four, five months, but then mm-hmm. it, it just became passive
4: mm-hmm. until
2: the year that followed. So it was more like I was upset, but now I just let it go. And I don't really care what you have to say. I was dismissive, you know, that kind of thing. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. But not a few years. So that's good.
2: Yeah. Not a few years, but I, keep in mind, I've, i like, I always believed. It's not like I didn't believe it was just more, this, this is, it's more of a confrontational mm-hmm. yeah. thing. Me against you. I'm upset. Right. So then about a year, it's a year later. You know, my life was slipping. My uh, my health was slipping. Was not in a good state. I was, for all intents and purposes, I was dying. Um, you know, his, his history of uh, high cholesterol, clogged arteries, uh, just wasn't feeling well. And I'd say, I'd say a year later, for about two three months, I I remember going to sleep and, you know, Dallas, I could tell you, people call me crazy, but take it for what it is. Uh, I could feel my I could feel my My spirit leaving my body, right? Like it wanted to leave. I remember stepping out of my body, but the fear of dying would hold me back. So I was, you know, I was literally grasping at like, don't go all the way out of your body. You're gonna die, right? That's that's what the thought in my head was, right? So I wasn't in good shape, health-wise. I was tired. I was just sick and tired of being tired, to be honest. So, you know, I started to do, and I don't participate in any of that stuff. I just want to be clear to anybody listening. So what I'm telling you is coming strictly from an experiential standpoint. Um, and I don't condone any of those don't practice any of those and I don't recommend anybody experiment with that kind of stuff because I know people Hmm. do
1: yeah thanks for Uh, mentioning that
2: but yeah of course um so then I remember just one day coming home and just I had enough I was exhausted i was just you know I was trying to do my stretches no blood flow tired sleeping just scared to go to sleep you know that was Hmm. (laughs) to be honest um so I remember having I lived in my uh, mom's house at the time and I put down my uh, yoga mat just to do some stretches. uh, Just it helped me help me relax. So <clears throat> I remember doing my stretches, laying on the floor, and I'm upstairs in my room. Everybody's downstairs, and i just laying there, staring at the ceiling. I'm like, you know, <laughs> that's it. I, I I just I just said, uh, you know, in my head I go, you know, Lord, if if it's my time to go, you know what? I'll, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm ready to go. We we can do this. I go, but if. If you got something else you'd like me to do on this planet for you, um, then you know I give up. You know this. I, I give my life to you, and I invite you into my heart. And now, as soon as I said that, the moment I said that, I wasn't expecting anything. It caught me completely off guard. As soon as I said that, I felt the Holy Spirit come into my heart, mm. kind of circulate in there, and it lasted a good minute. You know, almost as if God was just telling me, "Hey." Don't confuse this for a bout of uh, indigestion later.
1: I'm here. Yeah.
2: This is, yeah, I'm here. And, and then, but I'm, you know, I'm scared. You know, I'm really scared. I'm like, whoa, whoa, get out of me. You know what I mean? (laughs) What's going on here? So I'm about to get up and, and I feel, I feel, and I hear this thought. the only, the best way for me to explain it is it's not my thought, but it's a thought that shouldn't, shouldn't be in my head because it just appeared. Right. And the thought was get lay back down. I'm fixing you, my son. And I just laid there for a minute, staring at the ceiling, my eyes wide open, and then just calming down. And and that's my that's my actual experience in my testimony with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, ever since that day, he's, still, he's been working on me since. And it's, you know, I just want to say one thing to anybody out there listening, people, you know, I'm not sure why I got this experience. I'm sure there's other people who need it more than I do. Um, I'm glad I got it. I'm thankful. I appreciate it. Um, but for people who want a conversion experience you know I could tell you firsthand life doesn't always change for people the moment you get you feel something from the Lord and you give your life to the Lord don't beat yourselves up life is a long lifelong process of changing and becoming more and more like the Lord so because I know a lot of people have testimonies about they you know they came to the Lord and all of a sudden they were healed mm-hmm. from anxiety or this or that hey it's okay if you haven't been healed he's working on you and there's a reason for it and um, that's the overlying thought and, Testimony I wanted to yeah. share with you. Thank today. you for
1: sharing that. And yeah. of course, that buddy. turning point in your life, how old were you?
2: Uh, I was at 25, turning, uh, just turned 26, actually, I think. Yeah. September, September 20, turning. Okay. The, when I was and so that
1: moment going forward, what what was the biggest change that you saw in your life before that moment and then after?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is the best way I can describe it. Okay. Because now you're a Christian and you're like, rah, rah, mm-hmm. go, go. Okay. And, and we all like, we all get that right? most people feel that now what do I do how can I serve the lord what what is it that he wants this is exciting but what's his will for my life oh my goodness and then we rush and the problem with the young christian like myself is you fall victim to any wind of doctrine right someone could preach something and all of a sudden that's that's gospel and you're out there trying to convert people which is a great thing except you want to do it in love and compassion you don't want to be confrontational in the sense that you want to understand where people are coming from so all that's to say you know i, I I joined a couple of churches I've since left because, you know, I don't want to get into it, but they, you know, they, they weren't the proper mm-hmm. churches for me. Um, but the conversion in my life has been the renewing of my mind. It, it's, I, I cannot possibly begin to explain the difference in my thought process at age 37 now and age 25. I realize now why God needed, I needed some time to educate myself and spend time with them. To be who i am today because had i done this at the age of 25 it, it just wouldn't have been good for the general mm. you know the general believer unbeliever so i heard a sermon once and i'll, I'll summarize it like this this is how he changed my life when you when you become a christian there's four phases for me this applies not everybody the first phase it's, it's woe no slow go you become a christian woe take it easy no don't jump into anything take it slowly get closer to me i'll guide you and then go. But what do we do as a Christian? We go backwards. We're like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So that's how he changed my life. And, you know, it's just remarkable. You know, I, I, I'd i have to write a novel one day. Uh, looking back at all the little things yeah. that he's done in my life. So
1: That's really cool. And that led you into creating this uh, YouTube channel called Solving God. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. And that's why I'm really interested in this and the creation behind it and some other things. But can you just kind of give us a brief explanation of what this Solving God channel is?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, long story short is he told me he wants me to be an apologist, but I also had this strong desire in my heart to be an apologist. And ever since I was a child, I wanted to be. And that's another story. Um, and so when he led me to that, I started to... So Solving God is basically you know, a direct response to some of the claims Uh, that people have against you know christianity the bible jesus but god in general theism uh the material realm you know all this all this to suggest that we live in a world that you know uh, we don't need god and here's the explanation well no i mean there's there's some valid explanations some really good explanations and answers to these questions and and the more i grew uh, the, the more opportunity i had a lot of opportunity to preach these answers to people who had questions but I realized my my a lot of my fellow Christians or fellow believers they didn't really have a response a lot of people would just say well because I believe you know and well but I know Jesus rose from the dead um I know he's God well I don't know is he because some of these arguments are really good right mm-hmm. like I, I if Jesus isn't God for example I, I'd want to know hey it's not on the honest is not on me it's on God he's got to show himself I'm not going to manipulate scripture to say he's God so let's find an answer for this right yeah. but. I think even more so, it's 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 that apologetic coupled with I realize something else, as you read the scripture, if you can understand the context, if you can understand, you know, the audience and what Jesus is doing, how many times do you read scripture, a passage, and you're just kinda like, Why is he saying that? But you know, whatever, just keep reading, right? Yeah. So the apologetic in itself is just understand, if you just understand why Jesus said some things, you don't even need an explanation because they don't even they're taking it out of context, and they don't even understand. And that's an apologetics in itself. So, basically, the channel is to help people understand that there's responses to some of these objections, but there's also some responses, some some things that offer some spiritual nourishment uh, for some of these passages. And that's what that's what drives me. So, I love I love just finding the hidden meetings. not hidden meetings. I don't want to speak like that, but just understanding in more depth
4: yeah.
2: uh, who our God is.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and so the solving God. When did you create this this channel? When did you start wanting to do this? What was the inspiration behind all of this?
2: Yeah, yeah, good question. So, I, so the inspiration was I was, you know, I was always the type of guy that, you know, I why, you know, mm-hmm. you know why it's not enough. You can't be preaching on the pop and say something and then take it for granted. No, I, no, you need to tell me why this is. What do you mean? There's a Trinity. What do you mean? You know. Please explain deeper where are you getting this from well where is this in the old testament like so that's my inspiration of always digging deeper um i i think and i'll get to when i started but i think um i never liked cheap answers you know i you know i've always held myself to a higher standard in terms of being able to provide a response if i don't know it then i'm not going to mention it i'm going to go study it
4: Mm -hmm.
2: and so that that was my inspiration i wanted to dive uh a lot deeper but uh, to answer your question, why I started the channel and when I started it, I, it was actually it's been in it's been in my mind for probably three four years. Okay, it's been it was launched about six seven eight months ago. The the first video there, um, but then I quickly realized I I want to be consistent with this. So let me pause it. And now I'm about 15. I have about 15 videos just so ready to publish. So now because of my you know, employment and stuff, um, I want to be able to always have some sort of backlog mm-hmm. of uh, videos to launch, but so that's really when. That's really what got me going and uh, got me started.
1: Yeah, and the research that you do. Can you kind of tell me about that a little bit? What goes into making one of these videos?
2: Yeah. Okay. Great question. So, so I should say for the last well, ever since ever since my experience, all I've done, you know, is learn. You know, uh, I'm currently studying a little bit at Southern Evangelical Seminary, pursuing my master's. Um, but I mean, I'm put it this way: I've listened to endless accounts of audiobooks and podcasts and apologists. And then I realized I got all this information. I take things from different perspectives. I'm like, I need to tell people these things, right? Because they, they they drive me. I think they're cool. So I think other people would think they're cool. But the general process, Dallas, is, you know,
4: um,
2: it starts with all that experience and says, okay, this is now, I, I I've exhausted a lot of the stuff I really want to know, right? But now how do I start to focus on these things? How do I get down and do one thing at a time? Um, So having said that, I take all these years of experience, plus So I'll pick a particular question, either of interest from the public or something I'm interested in, and then I'll investigate it further. I'll research it. One of the important things I do, I I just and I think this is important, is I don't just publish anything after I'm done the research. I consider and then I uh, carefully reconsider. You know, what what effect is this going to have, for instance, on uh, conventional Christian orthodoxy? It might. Am I saying something against the doctrine of the Trinity? I, I want to maybe, you know, you want to make sure you're holding true to those core beliefs, right?
1: That's a good point. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, because you know, there's so much information out there. Right? I I could say that wholeheartedly, and I'm not perfect, but I'd really do my best. So, anybody watching the videos, I do my best to make sure that I I, I don't compromise the truth. Put it that way. If I if I if I think this is a certain way, here's the research, and you decide for yourself, right? that's probably the second or third step in the process. And then I always make sure, okay, I look at it again, I edit it um, and I'll make sure I have things in there. Like I have this, you know, this uh, core set of beliefs. I do not attack the arguer, I attack the argument,
4: okay? Mm-hmm.
2: Because look, if someone wants to be confrontational in a malicious way, hey, that's okay. Like we can, you know, we can talk. But most people, you know, most people out there, they they have questions and hey, If you want to have an empathetic point of view, from their standpoint, that's how they grew up. That's what they think. There's a reason why. Take it seriously. They might not be rational. Uh, They might not have all the evidence, but don't attack them. Attack the argument, right? Mm -hmm. You know, someone could say, well, Jesus never really died on the cross. Okay, well, I'm not going to attack you. Let me me investigate this because it, I don't know, Dallas, I don't know how you feel, but if Jesus really didn't die on the cross, I mean, I would want to know. So the onus is on me to be sure.
1: Yeah, like what makes it the truth? You know, I need to know why it makes why is the Bible true? Why is the Bible the one that we're supposed to follow, other than the Quran or these other Bibles that say they're the truth? You know, why? I, I love it. Keep going.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's I, that's it's amazing. Yeah, for sure. They, listen, if the Quran's the truth, I, that's hey, that's what I'm gonna follow. Mm-hmm. You know, Buddhism's the truth. That's what I'm following, hands down. You know, and I think oftentimes as Christian, we just kind of. You just we just assume, which is great. If you're a Christian, you're assuming that Jesus mm-hmm. is Lord and Savior. Hey, that's great. You win. But you got to be prepared. To I want to go off of that right for on. a second.
1: I want to keep going yeah. with that. You, yeah. When I was in missionary school, there was a question. They gave us a whole week, and it was an apologist. He came in and kind of talked about some stuff. He started the week with, "Can we prove the existence of God?" And we spent the whole week debating it and other difficult questions like this. And it yeah. was so stressful. The whole week was just so stressful, and. <laughs> It's really one of the things that really stuck out to me was if you were born in Pakistan, you know, you wouldn't be a Christian You would be in the religion there if you were born in Asia, you would be a Buddhist, you know That's where your culture is from. That's what you follow and what makes you have to know why this makes it the truth And you have to kind of step back with an open perspective. Why is this the truth? Can I prove this and it was really really cool and stressful at the same time?
2: Yeah yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of giggling. Sorry, but it's because I, have cause been there. You know, it's uh, you, you, you should know, and you, you have to know. This yeah. is listen. We only get one shot at this, so,
4: yeah.
2: you know, you, you, we're all about to close our eyes one day, and we better be sure. Yeah. Anybody out there listening? But it is tough, and you know, it depends on where you're born. Yes, that's where you grew up. But hey, you know, people in America that grew up in, you know the States in North America was founded on Christianity. There's a lot of atheists. Yeah. I mean, if they can convert, anybody else can, you know? Um, but yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's you definitely want to be sure about God.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but uh, yeah, to that point, is there anything else you want to add on that? Dawes? Because I think that was a great point.
1: I do have a good question. Another question that we didn't mention, but what do you think has been the most difficult uh, discussion that you've kind of jumped into or wanted to create a video about?
2: uh one of the most difficult i'd say hmm, good great question there is a lot of good responses there's a lot of easy responses to a lot of these objections but uh, probably i think i think the one we have to take most seriously okay is um the discussion i won't say uh i'll say the general discussion of if jesus is god which, he, which, by the way, I just posted that video, did Jesus say he was God? And you'll find, you know, you can go take a look uh, that he did say he was God, okay? Because we have to understand, we're reading it from our perspective now. But the most difficult discussion is, well, if he said he was God, what are all these other phrases he's using? You know, when he rises from the dead, and I believe Mary is the first to see him, and, and she says, uh, and he says, don't touch me. Because uh, I have to send to your father and my father, and your God and my God whoa, no, well, no, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Those are good arguments. Someone's going to use those and someone should know why he said that. Mm-hmm. So those are difficult answers that I love those, those drive me because there's a reason why he said what he said. And actually the answer, the, the message is is hidden in the fact that he said, don't touch me. If we can understand why he said that, then you know why he said, you know, don't ascend. I, don't, I need to ascend to your father, my father, your God and my God, which you'll have to wait for the video.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, those are out there. His videos are out there. He says he has about fifteen. Check it out, Solving God on the YouTube channel. The link will be below. So you guys can check that out. A little plug for you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.
2: <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's that's probably the most difficult discussion. I think it, it, it's difficult because um like I said I hold myself to high standard and I don't like cheap answers. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the cheap answer for me anyways, so I apologize to anybody out there. The cheap answer for me is well, if you read the whole Bible in context, you can't just take that verse out because he clearly says he's God. Yeah, well, that's true. But tell me why he's saying that and why the audience at the time mm-hmm. needed to know that. That's Then that's easy. Once you know that, hey, there's no need for an apologetic anymore. Now you understand who Jesus was, right? Yeah. But very good question, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of controversial arguments out there, definitely. Yeah. And I like totally. the point that you made about are attacking the argument, not the person, because when you're in these discussions, it, it feels like it's about it becomes personal. You know, when it's not yeah. necessarily personal, it's about the argument itself. I like that you said that earlier.
2: Yeah, and that's unfortunately that's based on experience. Because when you're rah rah rah, go 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 for mm-hmm. God, it's confrontational, and anybody out there listening, you're just going to do more damage than good, yeah. right? First of all, if you want to if you if you want to defend your faith, you don't even you don't need to read any book. You don't need to re- watch any of my videos. The easiest thing to do is when someone poses a question or argument, don't have a response. The onus of proof is not on us. If someone says, you know, whatever, God doesn't say, you know, um, ask, I play 21 questions. I, I don't even begin to offer a response until I've asked 21 questions. Why? Because I want to understand
4: where they're if, coming well,
2: from. If their yeah. Argument's, yeah, is it valid? Where are they coming from? It, all christians just did that you people people can't get past the first question mm-hmm. i don't believe that god exists really why is that oh because the evidence suggests oh, okay, okay no, i appreciate that can you tell me a little bit about what, what evidence most people are you know they're lay persons they don't have an answer but at least now you've planted that seed of hey you better go investigate man because life's important
1: yeah that's good that's really good and about the videos again how many do you have on your youtube right now
2: I think there's five. So okay. I, my my goal my goal is to do minimum two a month, but I love to be up to four one a week, yeah. Uh, basically. In, yeah.
1: And you said that you had about fifteen prepared to post.
2: Yeah, there's probably yeah, there's fifteen ready to be published uh, in and around.
1: Do you have any um, any teasers? Something that's just really really you're excited about posting.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I have a lot of direct responses. You know, is the Bible reliable? um if how could a loving god allow so much evil in the world uh you know where the gospels were written hundreds or how many years later responses to all these things right um but some of the my favorite some people might not even like them but my favorite are the uh the scriptural ones right so it, it, maybe i'll maybe i'll list maybe i'll list a bunch Um, and then maybe i'll give you a little teaser of one of them that i really like
4: so yeah go ahead
2: uh, how many times does uh jesus use son of god or referred to as the son of man what does that mean you know yeah okay he's the son of god well i don't know you know did god come down here wine and dine mary and give birth to jesus you know what does that mean because people don't actually know Mm. this is legitimate they actually just think he's his son they have no idea um you know what, I just alluded to it before. You know, why did he say, Don't touch me? I, I have yet to ascend to the Father and God. You know, there's an answer to that. You ever read over, uh, what's the part of scripture there, uh, where they're in the temple and they bring the adulterous woman and they said, The law of Moses says that we must stone her?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, don't, how many times have you ever read that? And didn't you ever wonder why they didn't cast the first stone? Didn't you ever wonder what he was writing in the My book?
1: question is that, yeah. What was he writing? <laughs> was he like drawing a picture? Was he just trying to get their attention? Like what's going on?
2: Well, I'll give you, okay. So I'll give you a little, uh, uh, let me give you a hint of self-telling because I really want you to tune in to watch the video. Um, there's a lot of people that preach from the pulpits and, and they're good spiritual applications. What was he writing? He was making a point. That's great. But it has, it has, it has some. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you the answer without telling you which which part of scripture was. He's quoting scripture. Hmm. Okay. The hint is when it says they began to walk away one by one from the oldest to the youngest. Why? Why? Why does the author put that in? Hmm. What What does that happen? Why can't you just say they all started to walk away? Something is going on, right? Hmm. And if you go a chapter back, yeah. If you go a chapter back, they're they're they're. Uh, uh, I forget which feast it is now, but they're just coming out of the uh, the water libation ceremony. I think it's the feast. Is it the feast of trumpets? I can't remember. But take a look, and there's an answer. So he's actually he's actually quoting scriptures there, um, and you'll see that in the video. But how many times do you read
1: something mm-hmm. like that and you just, huh? You know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly.
2: I have so these. That's what drives me.
1: I have these little discussions with my wife because she went to theology school, and every time we talk about something, she's always got some something to give me i'm like come on you know this is so cool <laughs> it's good stuff yeah
2: yeah and in other videos if if i may like you know uh, when you enter in that town if they don't receive you shake the dust off your feet what are you talking about jesus like come on
4: mm. what does
2: that mean you know but why why do they understand that and what does that mean i'm I, undoubtedly you can google it there's a lot of pe- preachers that preach from the pulpit and say you know you're a Christian go go you know go preach the word of God on the street for example, on the street if you're a street preacher, please don't take a person. I think that's great what you do, but if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet mm-hmm. well, yes, but that's not what he meant okay it doesn't mean to turn your back to those people mm-hmm. okay necessarily it has something it has something to do with their theology. I'll leave it at that okay
1: I see I see what you mean by going into these little each video is like these other little topics I like it
2: basically what they are is me reading going no, no. Okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. That's enough. Why why am I going to continue to read? Let me figure this out, or try to.
1: Well, thank you so much. I'm really encouraged. This is really cool.
2: Yeah, I'll. Uh, I, I will say this. Can I can I add another one? And maybe you'll like this one. Yeah, go ahead. This, you know what? This will probably be the next one I post. You ever have you ever wondered why uh, John the Baptist doubted Jesus in prison? Hmm. Do you remember? Do do you? For, how many times have you read this? I don't know. I'm not sure if you remember or not, but it's fine. He turns to the crowd and says, what were you expecting to see? A reed shaken by the wind. Right. What what is what is this? What's he trying to say? Is he just making a point? And a lot of people say, oh, reeds, reeds in the wind. They bend, Mm. you know, they you know, they're flexible and their doctrine, this and that. But what's he saying? Right. And, you know, I love this one because look what happens. John's in prison. Right. He says he sends his disciples says, "Go tell Jesus, are you the one, or are you the Messiah, or should we? Is there another one we're waiting for? Should we expect another?" Right? Yeah. And so he goes to ask Jesus, and what does Jesus respond? Like, you know, what does he say to him? Well, to understand, he okay. So here's what he says. Jesus responds and says, "You know, strength. Go tell John uh, what you see or what you witnessed. You know, the um, the, the blind Yeah, exactly." Yeah, exactly. So, what's he doing now? Now, get this. So, Jesus is a rabbi, right? They call him rabbi. They call him that frequently, teacher, teaching, teacher mm-hmm. rabbi. So, one of the things that rabbis used to do is, and they do it, they they did it all the time, is they would use something called the ramesh method of teaching, or you know, uh, it would be a rabbinical allusion. So he's alluding to a part of scripture in the Old Testament, right? So he's using this allusion method, right? And we do, we could do it today too. We just don't do it. Like for example, if I said to you, if you said to me, Paul, what's the best football team, the NFL team in, in the United States, I'd say one word for you, Dallas, Belichick. What Did, am I alluding? <laughs> I'm alluding?
1: I thought you were going to say the Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, come on. No, <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> no, no, that's my whole family. Not me. I'm a Boston guy. <laughs> I love Boston. So You know, we that that, that's sort of what he's doing. So, okay, so Jesus is using this tactic. What's he alluding to? Well, he's actually alluding to Isaiah 35, verses three to six. Okay, so in Isaiah 35, it says something like, "Strengthen the feeble hands, um, steady the knees, and give way uh, the the uh, uh, the eyes of the blind will then the eyes of the blind will be open and the the ears of the deaf uh, unstopped." So he's quoting, he's, he's telling John, go tell him, this is, so this verse in Isaiah is to di- basically hmm. say, the, the Messiah is going to come and do all these things. So why are you questioning me, John, if I'm the Messiah? I'm I'm telling you, haven't I, haven't I done these things? And so John r- surely would have known, okay, so he is the Messiah, but that's not what really is going on. Okay.
1: Wow. I feel like you're unpacking he, it for me. That's so cool.
2: Yeah. Th- this, this is what drives me. It makes me wake up in the morning. So He's alluding to this passage, verses three to six, but Dallas, he skips verse four. Why would he? Why would he say all this stuff and skip verse four? Well, what does verse four say? Actually, here, let me read it one second. So, verse four says, and this is right in the middle of what he's saying. He purposely skips this, and I'll tell you how we know. Uh, Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. John, John's and Joe scared for his life. Your God will come; He will come with vengeance. With divine retributions, he will come to save you. John was saying, Hey, JC, am I getting out of prison? Jesus was saying, No, you're dying there. Wow. And how do you know? Think about John, right? Can he, you know, with all the Herodians around, could he say, Hey, go tell Jesus if, he, if he's breaking me out of here? Because the Messiah was supposed to, you know, bring vengeance to the enemies of Israel, right? So in that one passage, Jesus says, listen i came to fulfill a part of my mission the time of vengeance will come but you john by me skipping this verse yes john if you're asking if you're going to get out of life nope you're going to die in there hmm. right wow what does he do next what does he do next he looks to the crowd and he says what were you expecting to see a reed shaken by the wind what, why does he have to justify to the crowd right What's he justifying to the crowd? What do you mean, a reed shaken by the wind? Well, what if I told you that he was alluding to uh, a very famous and popular first century parable called the oak tree and the reed? And if I may, go something like this. Basically, the parable that a lot of the uh, first century rabbis would use was there's a reed planted by the, the river, or the stream, and there's an oak tree. When the storms come, the reed doesn't put up much resistance. It bends to the storm right? Mm -hmm. The oak tree, though, is very firmly uh, stubborn. and rooted. It does not bend to the winds, except during severe times. But rather, the oak tree, rather than bending like the reed, snaps in half. When he says to the crowd, what are you expecting? What do you think? I was going to go save him? Not right now. Were you expecting a reed? Did you you think John was going to give it to Herod and tell him that I'm not the Messiah and that everything he's preaching is false? No, surely I tell you, he's going to snap like that old tree. Oak tree. He will die in prison. Wow. And that's why he had to justify to the crowd what was going on.
1: I like pretty that. Pretty cool. You're right. right. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> hmm.
2: Yeah, so those, those are the types of things. Those are the types of videos when you ask me that I really, really enjoy. Because if you know why you're saying those things, yeah. then there's no apologetic needed to some of those things. Like, you know, why did John doubt? He wasn't really doubting. You just want to know, you know, how much of this is going on, right?
1: Well, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast. It's of a for it's a pleasure me. to have you. I'm encouraged. I feel like I'm going to go debate with my wife now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's number one. rule. Never debate. Don't with debate. Wife. <laughs> so it's really cool. I, I can bring something to her now. Like, hey, what do you know about this? So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're you're quite welcome. Thanks, thanks for having
2: me. And yeah, if if I may, if anybody goes to the uh, YouTube videos, there's a link there uh, to the website called Solving God with two G's please feel free to submit your questions. I get them in email. I can't write a video for all of them, but I will get to them in some way, shape or form in the future. And, uh, you know, because questions are important and answers are even more important.
1: Yeah. And like I said, the link is in the description below. So you guys can click on that and visit his, visit his page. Is there anything else you'd like to communicate to our listeners today?
2: No, uh, I think, I think that's it. I think uh, one of the biggest things it's been 12, 13 years for me. Um, Look, if you're a Christian out there and you, the number one thing i hear and people struggle with is what's God's will for my life. Well, let me put it this way. Just you are where you are because that's where God needed you to be. And don't worry about the rest, okay? God will meet you where you are.
1: Well, thank you. And if I can have you end us out with a prayer, that would be
4: great.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Father, I want to thank you for who I am today and where where I was and where I've come. I appreciate that, Lord. I would not be alive if it weren't for your intervention and so i just want you to know lord that I'm, I'm extremely thankful um and i'm hopeful lord that hopefully people find meaning in these videos so they draw they draw closer to you uh have a better relationship with you um so if anybody has a, if anybody really needs to hear something lord um if someone's struggling out there you know either use the videos or just meet them where they are uh in this very moment um, like you met me, Lord. I mean, these these people are crying out for you, and they they deserve it more than I do, Lord. and I'm just I, I hope and pray that if there's anybody out there who needs you that you just meet them where they are like you met me. Um, and certainly bless Dallas, his wife, their mission, Chris, his family, as well as this podcast. I think they're doing a great thing. Um, and as well, Lord, it, you know, during these difficult times with the virus, there's a lot of fear and anxiety going around help us always to remember as Christians that, you know, we have to stay strong, stay firm together, um, and that we don't die. We just simply get relocated when you're a Christian. Um, so help, help take this time, Lord, help us to strengthen during this difficult time and protect, uh, protect us, uh, all Lord in Jesus name. I pray. Amen.
0: amen. You've just listened to the faith and family fellowship podcast.